When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to the Single Tracks Podcast. My name is Jeff, and today my guest is Penny Deck. Penny is the operations manager for the Fraser Valley Mountain Bike Association in British Columbia. She's worked as a volunteer trail builder with the North Shore Mountain Bike Association for over eight years and led the NSMBA Trail Academy. Thanks for joining us, Penny. Glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, tell us a little bit about your background. How did you end up on the North Shore? I grew up in Saskatchewan, and while doing my undergraduate degree, spent a summer in BC and loved it so much that I ended up moving here after I graduated. I didn't really have a plan at the time, but uh, found some work at a sports store and uh, got hooked on mountain biking. Um, also dabbled a little bit in rock climbing, but uh, uh, the mountain biking stuck. And uh, while at the bike shop, my then boyfriend had introduced me to the mountain biking and well, the relationship didn't turn out all that great, but uh, the mountain biking stuck. And it's now 25 years later and I still love it. Oh, wow. Uh, and in addition just to riding, I started trail building about eight years ago with the North Shore Mountain Bike Association. I've also served on their board of directors for a number of years and I currently look after maintaining several trails within one of the networks here on the North Shore. So most of the work I do is volunteer and for here on the North Shore. But as you mentioned, I also have a paid position with the Fraser Valley Mountain Bike Association. So that's just a little bit further to the east of us here. And I, I get to build trails and maintain trails on the North Shore as well as in the Fraser Valley. Wow. Yeah. You're living the dream. I am. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, most mountain bikers have probably heard of the North Shore and, you know, it's actually like an adjective that we use to describe like a certain style of trail and trail building, which is awesome because you're obviously heavily involved in that as well. Tell us about the North Shore. Like, what does that refer to and, and where is it? So as you mentioned, uh, it internationally, uh, the North Shore is known for its wooden stunts. Um, elevated structures made from cedar that um, riders balance along like a tightrope through the forest. So if someone says North Shore, you immediately think of these wooden stunts. <laughs> right. But to me and uh, to most of the riders that uh, live here and ride here, there's a lot more to the North Shore than just the wooden features. Mm -hmm. The trails are steep, they're rooty, they're rocky. Uh, and they're situated in a rainforest. So it's, yes, we have a lot of elevated stunts, but uh, there's a lot of other things that uh, mean the North Shore as well. The, uh, the abundance of rain that we get means that our trails are lush and green. There's moss and ferns. And we also get these really beautiful misty days. They're just kind of foggy. So to me, the stereotypical North Shore is riding something steep, maybe rooty, and there's all this mist and fog, and it's just sort <laughs> yeah. of a little bit rainy, maybe. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's, it's not just about the wooden stunts. 
Yeah, yeah, you paint a really, really vivid picture of what the writing is like there. And North Shore refers to the North Shore of Vancouver, is that right? Yes. So the North Shore is on the unceded lands of the Tsleil-Waututh, Squamish, and Musqueam First Nations. Hmm. They're the stewards of this land and have been since time immemorial. Um, so specifically, the North Shore refers to the North Shore of the Burrard Inlet in Vancouver. Okay. And it includes the cities of North and West Vancouver. So we have three, there's, there's lots of mountains on the North Shore, and there's three of them that have riding networks. Uh, that includes Cypress Mountain, From, and Seymour. Hmm. Interesting. Do you know much of the history about like where this idea of building these wooden structures for mountain biking came from? Like, was this a necessity because of the terrain or like just available materials or something else? Is it just like some unique style that some of the early builders <laughs> adopted? I'd say a little bit of all of those things. Uh, with the rain that we get, uh, we have a lot of um, streams crossing. So oh, right. being able to build bridges across those streams and finding fun ways to do that. With the rainforest that we have here, cedar is one of the most abundant trees. And it's also an excellent material for building with. Uh, hmm. Older cedars are resistant to rot hmm. and they still will rot eventually, but uh, that resistance makes them a really great material for building with. So we've got lots of these the abundance of materials, the uh, uniqueness of trying to be able to cross um, streams um, and sort of uh, swampy wet areas rather than trying to find good dirt underneath them provided that opportunity to, to stimulate the creativity of all the initial builders on the North Shore. Yeah, interesting. Is the North Shore a big draw for mountain bike tourists outside of Vancouver? You know, obviously Vancouver is a large city. I would imagine millions of people within the city and sort of the surrounding areas. And so, yeah, what is the mix like of people that are riding out there? So we do predominantly see mostly local riders. And by local, that I'm not just including the North Shore, but those that are coming from the Vancouver area as well. Mm -hmm. um, but we do have a strong tourist draw as well. Mm -hmm. There is a economic impact study. There's been a couple of them done. Um, and that shows that we've had the tourism does bring significant financial and other benefits uh, from mountain biking to the area, which has been great for um, all of the local businesses that are focused in mountain biking, but also in other tourism aspects as well. Yeah. Well, it seems like a lot of the people, though, who are going to be traveling to that area, they're going to go straight to Whistler or somewhere, and maybe the North Shore is kind of an afterthought. But just based on the people I've talked with and the photos and everything that I've seen. I mean, it looks like it's a destination in its own right. It definitely is a destination of its own, for sure. Um, I think it's if people do skip um, North Van and head straight to Squamish or Whistler, I think they're missing out. Mm. We do have some challenges. Um, the highest proportion of our trails, um, over 30%, are black-rated trails. Oh, wow. And we don't have a lot of green trails. So mm -hmm. for someone that's new to the North Shore that might not have the experience or the skills uh, with some of the trails and experiences that we have here on the North Shore, it can be intimidating. Mm. Um, the Squamish and, and Whistler also offer very challenging trails too, but I think, um, you know, they're, they, both of those communities have done a better job in recognizing mountain biking tourism, mm -hmm. whereas here on the North Shore, also with our proximity to Vancouver, 
a lot of the tourism focus is on other types of attractions that aren't necessarily related to mountain biking. So you can take a gondola up Grouse Mountain and go visit the wildlife refuge and see grizzly bears. You can go to the Capilano Suspension Bridge. So there's a lot of tourism, but it's not targeted specifically towards mountain biking. Yeah, makes sense. Well, how are the trails sort of organized in the North Shore? Are there sort of some key riding areas that people are going to want to focus in on for a visit? So we have three primary local mountains that have trail networks, Cypress, From, and Seymour. Each mountain has its own network. Cypress is well known for its very steep and challenging terrain. Mm. And From and Seymour also offer a similar steep technical experience, but they also have a wider variety of trails. So they'll be the mountains where uh, we've got some beginner trails, some great opportunities for families as well. Mm. With most of our trails here, you need to go up first um, and then ride down. We don't have many trails that just sort of undulate along or sort of bigger loops. Yeah. Uh, Cypress and Seymour can also be shuttled. There's paved roads that go up to the top of the mountain. So um, Mm. if you've got access to a vehicle um, and can shuttle, that's uh, another opportunity as well. Seymour has a great single track climb as well as uh, the shuttle access. Uh, And From also has two options for pedaling up. There's a technical single track climb route or there's a gravel access road. And most of the trails on from then branch off of that gravel access road. So it lends itself well to having some more beginner trails at the bottom of the mountain. um, And then the further you pedal up the gravel access road, you can access the more advanced trails. Okay. Is you mentioned shuttles, are e-bikes allowed on some of the trails? So... Whether e-bikes are allowed or not is up to our land managers. Okay. And we have a bit of a mix of different land managers. Mm -hmm. For example, on Seymour Mountain, there are four different land managers and some trails cross through the jurisdictions of all four. So it can be a bit of a challenge. (laughs) Metro Vancouver does ban motorized vehicles, but they haven't yet come out with a statement clarifying whether they include a class one e-bike within that designation or not. Okay. We do see lots of e-bikes on the shore. It's unlikely that you'll get stopped or ticketed if you are riding an e-bike Where we have encountered some problems is people on e-bikes riding up a trail that is designated as downhill primary for mountain bikes. Right. Yeah. So most of our trails are directional. There's a few that can be ridden either direction by bikes, but most of our other trails are either uphill for bikes or downhill for bikes. And so if you are on an e-bike and visiting, uh, just pay attention to what those directions are and um, you'll have a great time. Yeah. Is signage generally pretty good in these three major networks in terms of like once you're out there and you get to an intersection, is it usually pretty clear which way you need to go? Uh, Sometimes, not always. (laughs) (laughs) Again, signage is something that we've been working with our land managers on and they have specific requirements and standards for us to adhere to, but not everything is always signed as clearly as it possibly could be. Mm-hmm. I do recommend if you are visiting, getting yourself uh, the Trail Forks app. Mm-hmm. It does cost a little bit for the app. 
Um, it's free to access on your computer ahead of time. Mm-hmm. But uh, the ability to look on the trail and see where you're at is invaluable to have that. And, and Trail Forks was started um, here in Vancouver. Uh, uh, Trevor, who created it, he's one of our local riders. So the network here is very well mapped on Trail Forks. Oh, cool. Riders use it a lot, so it's also a great way to um, get the latest update on trail conditions and know which trails are running great or if there's any problems out there. So it's a really good resource. Yeah. Well, are is weather a factor on the trails there? I mean, obviously there's, like you said, it's a rainforest. So I imagine most of them you can ride shortly after a rain, if not during the rain. But are there considerations um, in terms of like when trails are open or closed? We do ride year round here, which is great. So there are definitely trails that are wet weather friendly. Mm-hmm. There are some trails that are sometimes best left to dry out for a little bit after a while. Mm-hmm. And again, Trail Forks also provides a list of what trails are wet weather friendly. So as the Trail Association, we're able to go in and note which trails are suitable for riding in the rain and which ones might be best to let dry out a bit before you head out on them. Okay. But even, even if you're here during the wet season, there's still plenty of options for someone to go ride. Nice. Well, you mentioned that there aren't currently a lot of family friendly rides. And I imagine part of that is just the terrain. I mean, there's obviously mountains pretty much everywhere you look there. Are there any specific trails though, that you would recommend for uh, new riders or perhaps younger mountain bikers? Yeah, definitely. Uh, one of our most popular trails is bobsled on From. It's also globally ranked number one trail on Trail Forks. Uh, so it's definitely <laughs> wow. very popular. Yeah. And it's often where young local riders get their early introduction to mountain biking. And it's a great place for those starting out in the sport to um, experience it. So that's on From. On mm-hmm. Seymour, we have a trail called Empress Bypass. And it's also a really popular choice for families. Both of these trails, Bobsled and Empress Bypass, are classic flow trails. They've got lots of rollers and berms. Mm -hmm. And they're also both built to adaptive mountain bike standards. So if someone's visiting with an adaptive bike, a trike, uh, these trails Mm -hmm. are wide enough to accommodate those bikes as well, which which is really great to see. Nice. Well, as someone who's lived in the area for a long time, there must be some trails that are just like notorious for being the most challenging, the most difficult. So what's like at the top of the list of of the hardest trails out there if people really want to challenge themselves or or maybe just get a peek at like what what that actually looks like? (laughs) I would say that Cypress Mountain offers some of the most steepest and most challenging terrain. Mm -hmm. I potentially hesitate to send someone visiting to Cyprus for their first ride. I'd recommend that you go check out Seymour and From to start with. Okay. So on From, one of the trails, Ladies Only, it offers a mix of what I would consider the best the shore has to offer. It's got some wooden roller coasters and teeter-totters. There's also some drops and some steep rock rolls, um, some rooty descents. So it's got kind of a mix of everything. It was built and is still maintained by Todd Fiander, or Digger as he's known locally. Hmm. And Todd was inducted into the Mountain Bike Hall of Fame in 2015 for all of the work and that he's done on the trails here and his influence in shaping the riding that we have here on the North Shore. 
Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, that's Ladies Only on From. There's on Seymour, mm-hmm. there's a trail called The Boogeyman. And like Ladies Only, it also offers a mix of challenges. There's drops, there's woodwork, there's a long elevated log ride that goes across a swamp, uh, which is then followed by an elevated teeter-totter. So it's this really quite long stunt. And then uh, there's steeps, some really awkward, chunky rock faces with tight corners that definitely keep you on your toes as a rider. Mm. Um, so it's it's rated as a double black trail and, and definitely worthy of its, of its rating. Yeah. Well, at a lot of places, you know, that do have features like what you're describing, there will be ride-arounds. But my understanding is that's not the case on a lot of North Shore trails, right? Like you... You kind of have to do these obstacles if you're going to make it down the trail. Is that is that the case? I'd say for for some of them, yes. Um, so that big log ride on Boogeyman, um, if you're not going to ride it, you have to walk across it. Mm-hmm. With when you get to the end of Boogeyman, which is all of the steep rock faces, there is an alternative exit. There's another trail called Boogie Nights, which is more of a flow trail. It's got some berms and jumps. The jumps are built so that you can send them really big if that's your skill set. If you're not so comfortable in the air, you can roll through most of them as well. So there there are sort of some escape options if you find your skills aren't quite up to it. (laughs) Right, right. Except for the slabs and things where, you know, it's just steep and a lot of times it's harder to walk down them than it is to ride. And so, yeah, I guess the... The lesson is if you're not comfortable or you're unsure, then maybe skip those trails and stick to something a little closer to your skill level. Yeah, there's definitely opportunities for progression. So checking out some of the other trails, Severed on Seymour, um, Espresso on From, and you know, build your skills up from there. See how comfortable you are before you tackle something more challenging. Mm, yeah, great tip. Well, what are some of the lesser known trails where riders can get away from the crowds? I think so far, most of the ones you've mentioned, I've heard of. And, you know, obviously I live thousands of miles away. And so those, those are some of the, I would guess some of the better known trails. Are there ones that you enjoy riding that maybe people haven't heard of or, or maybe are a little harder to get to? We do have a lot of trail traffic here. Mm-hmm. And with a couple of exceptions, all of the trails on the North Shore are also shared with hikers and runners. Hmm. So I myself live right at the base of Seymour and there's a strong community there of people that head out and walk their dogs. They go trail running. Most of the people that live in our communities at the base of these mountains use these mountains on a regular basis. So the trails are often fairly busy, but they're most busy at the trailhead. And once you get out a little bit on the trails, it's, pretty common to find yourself alone in the forest for a bit. You might see people at trail junctions, but it's generally not too hard to to, to sort of get a little further away. So if the higher you climb up the mountain, the more challenging trails you seek out, generally those will be the ones that are quieter. Mm -hmm. Also, the months that are busiest here on the North Shore are usually spring, so April and May. Okay, We see the highest traffic. Once summer comes around, the weekends on the North Shore tend to be a little bit quieter because that's when the locals decide they want to, you know, head up to Whistler or Pemberton Mm -hmm. um, or elsewhere in BC, somewhere else for a road trip to go biking. So you'll see fewer locals on the weekends uh, throughout the summer. Yeah. Well, what's kind of the difference between those 
North Shore trails and the ones that people are traveling to in the summer? Is it elevation mainly or is there just kind of a different style of trail once you get outside the North Shore? I think, well, especially in the summertime with the longer days, it's easy to squeeze in an after work ride on the local mountains. Mm -hmm. And so when it comes to the weekend, people are just like, well, let's let's head out somewhere different. Uh, Squamish is well known for its slab trails. Uh, Whistler, you've got the bike park. Uh, there's also lots of alpine opportunities in Whistler. Mm-hmm. If you head further east instead of north, um, out to the Fraser Valley, there's about 10 different riding networks in the Fraser Valley that offer all kinds of a mix of, of different opportunities. I'd say there's probably more jump trails, um, uh, either Squamish, Whistler, as well as in the valley. There's not a lot of opportunities for jumping on the North Shore, so depends what you're looking for. But right. we're really, really lucky here. We have so many uh, diverse styles of trails and different opportunities, different skill levels, uh, different technical trails, alpine opportunities that, yeah, we just have so many things to choose from. So we're lucky. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that is nice to have. Well, let's talk about uh, the groups that build and maintain trails in the North Shore. So big one that you have volunteered with for a number of years is the North Shore Mountain Bike Association. Tell us a little bit about that group and then perhaps other groups that are working to, to build and maintain trails. So the NSMBA or North Shore Mountain Bike Association um, runs a small trail crew that operates all year, hmm. but with our, so they're paid, um, which is fantastic. Um, I've seen a lot of the local trail organizations expanding their capacity for paid trailed work over the last few years. Hmm. But in addition to that, uh, the traffic that we see and the number of trails that we have, it's really hard for them to do all of the work. They can't do it on their own. So in addition to that paid tr- crew, there's about 20 to 30 dedicated volunteer builders who look after the majority of the trails. Okay. And many of these volunteer builders put in hundreds of solo hours maintaining the trail. And they also lead trail days where other community members can come and help out and give back to the trails too. Hmm. We have a really cool program where a local business or other community organization can sponsor or adopt a trail. And that trail adoption Um, there's a fee associated with adopting or sponsoring the trail Mm -hmm. and the trail adopter is also responsible for providing some volunteers to help out with maintenance. So that's been one way where we've been able to organize having a lot of small trail days. We'll have six to 10 people come out from the trail sponsor. It's led by one of the volunteer builders that is responsible for that trail and knows what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And they might lead up to six trail days per year on the trail that they've adopted. Okay. So it's a really great way for providing all of the maintenance and getting the work done that we need to. And if we've got 30 trail builders that are holding six trail days per year, that's, that's a lot of work that can get done. Sounds like it. Well, and how is, how is this funded? You know, these paid trail builders, are they funded by the local businesses or are there grants or how, how does the funding work? Uh, all of the above. Uh, we rely on diverse sources. We're very lucky to have a partnership with the District of North Vancouver, one of our land managers. So they actually provide um, significant funding for work looking after trails, specifically on From Mountain. We also have 
opportunities to apply for several government grants. Um, there's a Canada Summer Jobs Program, which allows for the hiring of summer students. Mm -hmm. So we often increase the size of the trail crew in the summer, which is supported by this Summer Jobs Grant. There's um, other grants that can um, support uh, trail maintenance through safety. Uh, so that can be beneficial as well. And then the sponsorship. So whether it's someone who adopts a trail, that adoption fee for the trail, uh, sponsors can also uh, provide financial support um, in various amounts um, and get recognition through the organization for that. And then we also have membership. So uh, we've been slowly increasing our membership over the past 10 years, um, and we're hoping to reach uh, 3,000 members this year. So that membership uh, funding also goes back into supporting all of the paid work too. Yeah. Well, I'm curious to know also about these um, volunteer trail builders. You mentioned there's about 30 of them. And I imagine that these are folks who are more committed and maybe have like more training than your average volunteer. What is that program like? How do you become one of the, the volunteer trail builders? So the North Shore Mountain Bike Association used to run a program called the Trail Academy. Okay. And with the Trail Academy, there is um, a builder that would teach the basic principles of trail maintenance and um, mm -hmm. best practices for looking after trails and trail building. I first got involved with trail building. It was a program that I took myself. So many of our volunteer builders have gone through that training. So they have that experience. Others have been building for many years, and so they've learned through their own mistakes and um, then share that knowledge and pass that along to the rest of us as well. I had the opportunity to actually lead that uh, the Trail Academy program and being involved with teaching that to other builders and other volunteers, uh, though unfortunately due to financial constraints, we had to terminate that program a couple of years mm. ago, so okay. it hasn't been running. But uh, so, yes, um, our, the volunteer builders do have that additional experience, um, whether they've come through that program or they've had some mentorship with other builders. And the way that it works is there's usually one to two builders that are responsible for a particular trail. Okay. And so those two builders then look after all of the maintenance on a specific trail. And some of the builders look after multiple trails. I work with a few friends and together, I think there's maybe five or six trails that we all look after together. Hmm. And uh, so it, it can be a lot of work. So it's it's good to have a few of us responsible for, for doing that maintenance. Yeah. But that's cool that you're able to kind of have a few trails that you consider your own. And so I imagine you get to know it really well. You see it multiple times, like different seasons and throughout the year. And so you have a real good feel for like how the trail handles weather and what kind of usage you're getting and, you know, what sort of obstacles and things people expect on the trail. And so I imagine that's, that makes it a pretty efficient process and, and leads to really good trails overall. Yeah, exactly. So having that um, feeling of sort of, of ownership, mm -hmm. we don't own the trails, but it's sort of that feeling of responsibility <laughs> right. of um, something that we've put this time in that we care for it, that we're giving back to it. Um, it definitely, you can get pretty intimate with knowing your trail very well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the pride that comes with that. Yeah. You yeah. kind of, yeah. yeah, you feel good when it, when it's riding good. Well, in addition to the NSMBA, are there other user groups that are helping out with the trails or is the mountain bike 
group, one of the, the more active ones sort of supporting all of this? Mountain bikers are the predominant group responsible for most of the trails that um, the mountain bikers use. Okay. There are, there's certainly lots of hiking trails also throughout the North Shore Mountains, and there's a number of hiking groups that have partnered with land managers to, to do trail work and trail maintenance. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a local trail running association. They don't have the same history and growth that um, the Mountain Biker Association has, um, mm -hmm. but we've partnered with them um, in looking after a few different trails that the trail runners use as well. And many of the trail running races, they require that participants in their races contribute to doing volunteer work. So while they, the trail runners might not be organizing the trail days or, or doing uh, organizing the maintenance themselves, many of the runners or participants in these events um, come out to the trail days that are organized by the Mountain Bike Association um, and participate and support us that way. So we've got a really, I believe we've got a really good relationship with, with most of the other trail users. Mm, that's great. Well, I imagine that North Shore is just full of mountain bike shops or sorry, just bike shops in general. Do many of them rent mountain bikes or like you're saying, sounds like a lot of the scene is local riders, but if someone was just in the area for a day or two, would they be able to rent decent bikes from any of the shops? Oh, definitely. There are a lot of bike shops. Um, I'm not going to list all the bike shops um, because I, I, wor I, wor I worry <laughs> that I'd miss out. List. Yeah. Yes. And I, I would worry that I would miss out on one. I'd say most of the shops, if they do rent bikes, their fleet's probably fairly small, but there mm -hmm. are two local businesses that offer both short-term and long-term bike rentals. Uh, one of these is Essential Cycles and the other one is Endless Biking. So their business is rather, rather than being a bike shop, they're catering towards those rentals, they're catered towards guiding and even offering coaching and clinics as well. Mm, cool. Well, are there then like tour operators in the area or even like local clubs or standing group rides that maybe people could get hooked up with if they're visiting? Um, yeah, so definitely, as I mentioned, Essential Cycles and Endless Biking, they offer guiding and uh, they run regular skills clinics. Um, so if someone, you know, wants, you know, heads out and maybe finds themselves in a bit over their head, uh, you can sign up for lessons as well or get some one-on-one uh, -on -one coaching. Uh, there's also a few local riding clubs. North Shore Ride has weekly evening rides and weekend rides, as does a group called Mud Bunnies. Okay. The Mud Bunnies is a women's focused riding club that welcomes all women, regardless of where they fall on the gender spectrum. They also welcome trans men and non-binary individuals who see that women's club as a more welcoming place or where they feel comfortable. Okay, gotcha. So both of these clubs do require membership for participation, mm -hmm. but they also offer opportunities for someone just to try it out if they're not sure. So if you're, you're visiting, um, you can get in touch with them and they can, basically it's just a matter of their insurance, um, making sure that they cover people that are participating. So there's, there's waivers and stuff to look after. Okay. Yeah. makes sense. Well, where do the mountain bikers like to hang out after the ride? Are there certain bars or breweries where we're going to find more mountain bikers than other places? 
So the number of local breweries has been increasing over the last few years. Um, yes. And uh, as you might expect, they've all become fairly popular post-ride hangouts. Mm -hmm. At the base of Seymour, there's Deep Cove Brewing. Uh, Bridge Brewing is kind of centrally located to both from and Seymour. There's Wild Eye Beer, House of Funk. There's also a couple distilleries, uh, Sons of Vancouver and The Woods. Now, not all of these offer full food menus, so if you're looking to fill your appetite after your ride, um, Deep Cove Brewing and Wild Eye generally have the, the largest sort of menu selection. Bridge Brewing also has a lot of tasty tacos um, and a few other snacks, but they don't have a full, full restaurant menu. Okay, cool. Yeah, those are, those are great recommendations. And yeah, if they're close to the trailheads, even better. Could you like ride to some of these places from the trailheads? Like how far out from town are the, the main mountain bike trailheads? The rides down, the rides to any of these would be downhill, but you would be going maybe, you know, five, 10 minutes through um, residential on the streets to get to any of these from, from the trailhead sort of thing. So, okay. yeah. Nice. But uh, yeah, as long as you don't have to ride back uphill after you're probably okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where are the best places to stay uh, for a North Shore mountain bike trip? Like if someone wanted to stay close to the trails, maybe have a place that's sort of bike friendly where they can store bikes at night and that sort of thing. Wh where would you recommend people stay? So there's the North Vancouver Holiday Inn. It's centrally located both to from and Seymour and is a really popular choice for visitors. It's basically right in the middle of sort of the valley between from and Seymour. Mm -hmm. I'm not actually sure what they have in terms of uh, storage for bikes, so that would be something to check out. Just sneak them through the lobby. That's what I yeah. always do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's plenty of Airbnb choices. Mm -hmm. If you, with that location though, it's not too far to walk to some of those breweries that I mentioned, um, but it's there's a lot of construction right now, so the, okay. the way to walk there is a little bit more convoluted. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're looking to be closer to food and other amenities and perhaps a little bit further away from the trails, it's not, not that far. There's the Lower Lonsdale area and the Lonsdale Key of North Vancouver. Uh, lots of great restaurants and patios, uh, and there's a couple hotels that are right at the Key to stay in as well. Yeah. And I imagine these places you're mentioning, I mean, they sound like they're pretty affordable too, right? Like dirtbag mountain bikers should be able to swing it at least for a couple of nights. Probably I would recommend you might look at the Airbnb um, options as being uh, a lower expense than some of the others. <laughs> yeah. If you are looking to sort of save the most, um, unfortunately, there's not a lot of camping opportunities in North Vancouver. Mm. There's a single group campsite on Seymour, and uh, I'm not actually sure what the booking um, options are for it right now during COVID. Uh, yeah, uh, it's probably pre-booked and challenging to get into. So, mm -hmm. yeah, a lot of a lot of campsites throughout the province, when they did open up bookings, uh, filled up fairly quickly. So it can be a bit challenging. Yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Is there, are there places for people to like park vans and RVs? I know that's popular in a lot of the mountain destinations here in the U S is that, is that a thing at all in the North shore? 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, there, there are official RV parks. Um, there's, uh, if you want to go that route, uh, if you are just looking for a quiet side street, there's definitely some opportunities. Um, maybe check in with uh, one of the local bike shops and get some recommendations when you get here and be careful about staying too long in one particular place. Um, some of the neighbors aren't a big fan of having folks there. Um, right. so I'm sure yeah. that's common elsewhere. Uh, the main parking lots for any of the riding areas generally don't allow overnight parking, mm -hmm. but there are plenty of spaces. Um, once you sort of explore the neighborhood a little bit, you can find some quiet streets that are um, beside parks that um, might be a good place for a van for a couple nights. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll just add the caveat that if you do park in one of those spots and somebody questions you, do not mention Penny's name or single tracks or anything. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't actually drop any in that spot. So. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> Penny said it would be okay. All right. Uh, so you mentioned that April and May are generally pretty good time of year to ride. A lot of people are out. Is that one of the better times for like weather as well? Or is maybe summer a good time to ride? I would, well, we do ride all year. Um, I'd definitely say that the wet winter weather might not be everybody's preferred riding conditions. So yeah, anytime from April through to late October can be great. Mm -hmm. um, it's pretty hard to go wrong anytime during any of those months. You might definitely encounter some rain uh, regardless, but uh, and August can get a little bit hot, dry, and dusty, but uh, if you're used to that, then it, it might even be just fine for you. Yeah. So, yeah, there's there's no real bad time to visit, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Are there any big, like, festivals or races or events that mountain bikers can maybe plan a trip around uh, to get to know the riding scene a little bit better? Unfortunately, not really. Yeah, there haven't been a lot of um, big festivals in a number of years, even before COVID, sort of the number of events had sort of dwindled. The BC Enduro Race has held a, a stage here, but it's been a few years for that. Um, BC Bike Race uh, has called North Vancouver home for many years, and one of the stages usually featured the North Shore Mountains. But with COVID um, and other challenges, this year the race is actually being held in Penticton, BC. So we've, we've lost that kind of draw. And if you go way back to 20 years ago, Gross Mountain actually hosted the mountain bike uh, DH World Cup for three oh, years. Wow. So <laughs> that that was definitely a bit more of the festival scene, but uh, mm -hmm. it's been a long time since we've seen that. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, it's a little surprising, but but I guess, yeah, there's plenty of other spots, yeah, not too far away that are kind of attracting those draws. And maybe that's a good thing for the local trails to not really overwhelm them and, and keep it sort of special the way that it is right now? Our local trail association does run, or um, prior to COVID and hopefully again soon, uh, social rides and social um, races. So every other week throughout the summer, we have what's called a fiver race. They're an enduro format. There's usually three trails in it. And it's it's very much sort of social rather than focused on who's winning. And it's uh, again, you have to be a member to participate for the insurance reasons, but it's a really great way for the community to come together and to meet people and uh, have that support for the trails and, and for the, the association. 
Yeah, that's great. Are there plans to expand or improve the trails in the area? Is North Shore seeing any real trail growth or, or is the network pretty well established at this point? We're limited by a couple of factors. So at present, most of our land managers are reluctant to commit to expanding trail networks and, and building new trails. Mm-hmm. So our capacity to add is really dependent on what they're willing to allow us to build. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're also limited a bit by geography. So we have these mountains um, expanding into alpine areas might be a possibility, Mm -hmm. but you know, we're, we're bounded on various sides by watersheds where we can't build trails or we have the, the, the city itself. So there's that geography limits as well. But having said that, um, there certainly, uh, we do hope that we can add some things to our networks. On Seymour, a friend and I built a climbing trail six years ago, and it goes part of the way up the mountain. And I would really love to see it expanded to go higher up um, to access some of the higher elevation trails. Seymour also doesn't really have a blue descent from higher up the mountain. So again, that would be another trail that I'd love to see added to our network and and keeping all of our existing trails, but adding that blue descent is another opportunity for folks. And similar with trails on from, we'd love to see some additional trails added there, um, both for beginner riders as well as for more advanced riders too. Hmm. Is most of the trail maintenance and, and the few new trails that are built, is it being done using hand tools primarily, or are some of the trails machine cut? I'd say most of our trails are hand built. Uh, however, Empress Bypass that I mentioned previously as being one of the great family trails, it, it's been around for a long time, but uh, over the last couple of years, it's seen significant upgrades, and that work was all done by machine. So one of our local builders, who's uh, got a really great eye for lines, he was hired as a contractor to to do all that work and upgrade the trail. And it's become a really popular option as a result of his work. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it, it seems like that would be kind of the thing that you need to do to build those climbing trails and then sort of family friendly. Generally, that's going to involve machine work and yeah, it sounds like maybe that's a bit out of character for the area at the time right now. But yeah, it seems like it, definitely an, an option for the future, perhaps. All of our climbing trails have all been hand-built. So. Oh, wow. That's, that just takes a long time, I guess, is the, is the problem, right? I mean, that's got to be a lot of labor to build a, a proper climbing trail. So it took my friend and I eight months, just shy of a total of 2000 hours that the two of us plus a few friends put into it. Um, and it's about a mile long, the climbing trail. So, uh, we were out, uh, evenings, weekends, building in the dark with headlamps. So yeah, it, it was a lot of work, but definitely well worth it. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. Well, is there anything else that mountain bikers need to know before visiting the North shore for mountain biking? I'd recommend, uh, there's lots of YouTube videos out, so you can explore some of the trails virtually before you head here. Uh, so that's one, one way to get a feel for what you might see on the trails. I know folks traveling from other locations find our trails a little bit different and unusual. 
Uh, so definitely uh, worth checking out. And there's also many other excellent trail networks nearby. We've mentioned a little bit already. So there's Burke Mountain and Eagle Mountain um, that are just a little bit further east of Vancouver. And then if you travel even further east, there's the Fraser Valley. And as I mentioned, there's like 10 different trail networks there. Um, so if you've got the time, you can uh, spend hours um, of riding single track here on the North Shore. And then there's Squamish and Whistler as well. So there's, there's so much to see. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, Penny, thanks so much for sharing all of your knowledge about the North shore mountain bike scene and, uh, yeah, for taking the time to chat with us. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. It was uh, great to chat with you. Well, you can find more information about some of the trails and the work that's being done at nsmba.ca. And we'll have that link and others in the show notes. That's all we've got this week. We'll talk to you again next week.